0: do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth what say what again say what again i dare you i double dare you what we got here is a failure to communicate
1: welcome to the uncommon communicator podcast your host james gable and brandon thompson are here to bring enlightenment to the
0: topic of communication nailed it (laughs) nailed it well done (laughs) That was Hondo P. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for that
1: yeah. rating you. that you just gave me. Yeah. The, the,
0: of 100%. 100% perfect. Yeah. There you go. That was on point. <laughs> We're good. But what anyway, are we here to talk about today? We are here to discuss empathetic listening. That's
1: right. That's a topic you wanted to talk about.
0: It is a topic I wanted to talk about. Now, why did I want to talk about this topic, James?
1: Probably because somebody gave you some homework.
0: I did get homework. I, I received homework. And, uh... Covey, man. Quality quality reading.
1: Stephen Covey. That yeah. is classic reading for any type of leadership. Classic reading? Yeah. It seems very modern. seems pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> so that is what kind of drove us to talk about empathetic uh, listening as opposed to the other forms that we're going to talk about in just a minute of, of active listening. But the idea of empathetic listening did come from uh, Stephen Covey's book. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which really had a huge impact on my life early on. I'd say probably 20 years ago when I first read that book. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. It was not new when I read it 20 years ago. But reading that book really did change how I established my leadership and how I led people from reading that book. It was was life-changing at the time for me. And this one here, I just thought, really tied into our topic of communication.
0: So you wanted it to be life-changing for me as well.
1: No, you should read the book. I think everybody should at least one time read that book. There's some very heady things. He gets into some quadrants and some other terminology that is all Covey and then other people have taken on and talking about your different um, quadrants of leadership. But specifically, we're going to talk about empathetic listening, how he really does believe that that is part of being a good leader. Mm -hmm. So what is empathetic?
0: So this this is where I think we probably struggle a little bit. But showing an ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Hmm. Right. Um, and, and James and I have gone back and forth between empathy, sympathy, and yada, yada, yada. But let's just discuss empathetic listening to start. Like, So we gave a definition of empathy, but let's give like a definition of empathetic listening. So empathetic
1: listening is really preparing yourself to not just actively listen. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's kind of the time. So first active listening, we've talked a lot about that on the show, Mm -hmm. active listening, understanding what you're saying, repeating it back to you. A lot of those things, empathetic listening is that one step further where you really immerse yourself fully into that other person's Experience. You want to understand them. You want to understand their feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's not just active listening and repeating it back. It's really understanding the feelings side of this conversation.
0: And it's not exactly like an easy task um, to prepare for empathetic listening. Leo proposes ideas such as quieting the mind in order to focus fully on what the other is saying, listening fully and openly and listening through the words. Right. Like you can't just it's not surface level. This is this is the hard the hard stuff, right? This is the the getting the getting deep into it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where we had a lot of that challenge in our pre conversation for this is how deep is too deep, and when is the right time to use it? I think that becomes the key to being a good communicator is knowing when to apply empathetic listening because you certainly aren't going to use it in every conversation.
0: No, nor do I think you can. Right? Like you can't be you can't quiet your mind, and you know. Sp- Block everything out to specifically focus on this one conversation. Although my next door neighbor Doug can, I don't know how he does it. Well, Doug is like a super salesman. Doug is. Well, I it was the craziest thing about Doug too, because we were just sitting at the Buffalo Wild Wings watching some of the fights or whatever, and he was entrenched in the fights, and I was only sending a person away from him, so like not crazy for me to go, hey Doug, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Stone cold eye contact was on the fight the whole way through until the fight was over. Then it like broke. And then he was magically a part of the group again. Huh. And he, and then he was totally entranced in everything he said. You could say, "Hey, Doug, how you doing?" And then he was going to listen to everything you ever said. You might be the only person that like an empath that empathetic, empathetically listens to every conversation.
1: Well, and that, I think that's part of the struggle I've had as we've talked about this uh, active listening to this empathetic listening is that detachment idea. I mean. T- Right there is a perfect example, Doug detached, but that's almost odd right for that mm-hmm. time frame, but I like to use that really as an approach to calm emotions to detach from it to make sure that I don't have my emotions tied into these conversations, but empathetic listening is saying, "Oh no, no, like you are now going to have to not detach to really understand deeply what this person is feeling. And there's reasons for that. So we talked about not doing it every time. And I've been around people who are always empathetic. It's almost too much. Like,
0: yeah, it, look, man, a, there's
1: not feelings in everything. I'm just telling you.
0: No, you're just not right. And it's because a good leader can't be a robotic the whole time. But a good leader also can't be incredibly emotional the whole time.
1: Right. But there, when would
0: you imply
1: empathetic listening beyond the active listening?
0: So when it, so number one, empathetic, or so empathetic listening has to be like a, a one-on-one conversation. You can't empathetically listen to a group of people. There's just too much going on, right? Like clearly not every like I wish everybody felt the same all the time, but they just don't. So if you're trying to empathetically listen to a group of people, you can't. That group of people could be angry, sure, but they're going to have different levels of anger and for mostly the same reason but probably different variants of the same reason, right? So it ha- empathetic listening has to be a one-on-one conversation. It cannot be a group. So that's that's probably the number one reason for why we have empathetic um communication or yeah, empathetic listening and communication to a degree. Sure. Um And then number two, I think it's to address problems and to build trust. Right. Cause yeah. you need, you need to be able to sit down in a like like to, to, ha- to sit down and have like an open conversation, to have a truthful conversation with somebody. You need to know that they either share your same values, feel the, like, or feel the same way that you do. Or even if they don't feel the same way that you do, you need to know that they can get there. And that's what the empathetic listening does is that it gets you to feel the same way that they do. Okay. So there's
1: a time to put it out there mm-hmm. and there's a time to not necessarily use it. I think you the, the hard part that I have with that, again, is being that detached um, idea. And that's probably my problem. Maybe I should see Dr. Phil about that. But the idea is not to be detached, but to connect. And engage in this empathetic listening to build that trust, which is what I heard you say.
0: Yeah. So let's just, because again, because we keep saying detached and we've talked about empathy, but sympathy and empathy kind of get tied into synonyms, right? And we have talked about when to empathic- empathetically listen and when not to, right? But so, let, and because again, to have a sympathetic listener is a good thing as well. Um, but let's just kind of give a bit of a difference between the two. Uh, let, me, let me just read this, guys, for you. So according to Chloe, or to Chloe Chang, a social media expert, there are seven key differences between empathy and sympathy. Empathy requires active listening. Sympathy requires giving unasked advice or being told what to do. Empathy is more effective in this regard since most of the time people just want to be heard. Sympathy states, I know how you feel. Empathy states, I feel how you feel. Well, and
1: I'll agree with that statement. Okay. Early on, um, re- rephrase that statement again, the one that um, that I disagreed with.
0: Sympathy requires giving unasked advice or being told what to do.
1: Yeah, see, that, that puts sympathy in a negative light. And it's oddly enough that's the only time they do that in this conversation that they're having. I don't agree with that point necessarily it being a negative thing. I don't, I don't know why they had to compare those two. But that
0: last statement you said I think is gold. So then the last statement is, sympathy states, I know how you feel. Empathy states, I feel how you feel. So the best example that I think I gave James of this, um, one of my, one of my friends just recently had his dog die. Uh, Max has passed away. At the chocolate lab at like 12, 14 years old. I believe this is what the date was. Um, and you know, so I can sympathetically listen to him and say, Oh, that's sad that your dog died, right? That's more like a pity thing than it is an empathy thing. That, that that was sympathetic to empathize with Jimmy. I had to put my dog down in 2020 so I can say, hey, I know how you feel. I had to put Sparky down just two years ago, just like Max died, you know, two days ago, whatever it was. I feel how he feels because I have been through the same thing. And you physically had those Feelings, yeah, no, it comes in back, sharing
1: that with him. Yeah, yeah.
0: it comes, it comes back up, right? Like it, you, you, it takes you back to the day that, like, you know, we took him to the the vet, and they actually took him back. It was really nice. Had a statue, the whole kind of thing. The whole family was, you know, it's a sad time, but like the whole family was there. And it just it takes you back to that time when you try to bring when you when you bring that story into it, right? Mm-hmm, right. As opposed to like, I understand how you feel, right? Like Max was a good boy. That's a very sad thing, right? That's more of a I'm sorry this happened versus, nah, man, like I've been there. We're on the same page.
1: Yeah. And that's where I think it's worth us talking about being empathetic listening because it is, it's an advanced skill and Mm -hmm. it's not a skill to be taken lightly because you have to be careful when you're, well, maybe it's just me talking, dealing with the feelings thing, right? When you're talking about, Having and feeling that empathy for somebody, it depends on the situation, but you want to have that connection and that connection is there to build trust. And
0: it is. And you don't want to uh, you also don't want to get lost in this either, because, again, emotions are a fun thing to experience, to say the least. And you don't want to get lost into it. And I think the other thing that I said was it's kind of like an undercover cop, right? Like and, and not necessarily in a way that you're trying to get somebody. But you are listening for a purpose, right? You are, you are empathetically listening for a purpose. So you're going undercover. You're putting yourself in their shoes, right? You're, you're, you're doing whatever it is. And then you, you can then take off the, the, the guys or those feelings or those emotions or that experience that you had. And then you can walk away having listened empathetically hmm. and knowing exactly what they say. Just to, just one more kind of example. Sympathy is a favorite expression is poor you. It creates a sense of pity over the plight of the person. Empathy's favorite expression is, I can understand how it feels. It must be really hard. Well, what I
1: thought was interesting is as you walk through the Stephen Covey book, that when you talk about empathetic listening, he goes through four different stages. And those four stages, very similar to what we talked about with our friend, Chris black Voss. Swan?
0: Yeah. No, well, same, same person. Same guy. Is black swan a slang for Chris Voss? no no okay the, bl- the blacks or, are they cinnamons they're cinnamons C- they're cinnamons yes <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> Not the toast crunch just the cinnamon wow
1: All right, But one of the things, so going through these four different stages as we talk about empathetic listening, they are going through stages. And I think that's important to know because we talked about when does active listening need to turn into empathetic. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is what we cover. And we're going to kind of go back and forth between the Covey and what we interpreted from the Chris Voss version of Never Split the Difference. But mimicking content. Um, Stephen Covey says this is the least effective, you know, stage of listening. Um, it's, you know, talked about being reflective. It's that mirroring, mm-hmm. right? Just mirroring your words to make sure that you and I are on the same page and I'm understanding what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But the next stage is rephrasing the content. What's that one like?
0: That's like an, accus- an accusation audit, right? That way you can re-say it in your own words. So that, that is almost the sympathy stage.
1: Actually, I think that's more termed the label.
0: The label part of this, yep,
1: because on the label side, you're rephrasing it in the form of a label to try to interpret it back to them for them to say, Yes, that's it, or No, you know, you were wrong, that's right, thank you, nailed it. And then the third stage three is reflecting your feelings. Uh, this stage includes not only what you said, but how the speaker feels about it. So at this stage, you've read now we've done phrases and content. The stage three is now I'm trying to interpret your uh, feelings about this back to you in this kind of reflecting idea. And
0: this is where the empathy kind of kicks in.
1: Yep. Right there at stage three. And then really the fourth one is rephrasing content and reflect, reflecting feelings.
0: Similar to an accusation audit, James. There. Now we're in the accusation
1: audit. We're trying to completely understand what you are going through and preparing for that. So these four stages of empathetic listening, very similar to our negotiation tactics that we've already been learning. But it's important to note that these are the layers that you've got to go through to really know when are you going to put on this very powerful next step, which is this
0: empathetic listening. Yeah. Because again, this should be tiring, right? We even said like you have to prepare yourself to do something like this, right? That's very true. This isn't something that you can just turn off and on. It's, it's hard to be empathetic, James. It is very hard. All right. So what's the difference between empathetic listening and active listening?
1: So active listening, that's certainly the stage that you always want to be in when you're having a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. You're going to confirm the content of what you're hearing mm-hmm. with that individual. You're actively listening, repeating it back to them. So you're listening and showing them that you're listening, but you're actually engaged in the conversation, not just to, to repeat what they're saying. That's active listening. And that is a skill of the uncommon communicator. Yes. Now,
0: empathetic listening does what? So empathetic listening has to take it that step further and incorporate emotions and completely submersing yourself. This type of listening includes the mechanics of active listening, right? You have to be able to hear what they're saying, still regurgitate it back and takes listener. Again, like I said, a step further, the empathetic listener begins with the intent to immerse themselves fully in the other person and what they are experiencing. I feel what you feel, not I know how you feel. That's it. Right. That's that, that's where the rubber hits the road with this one.
1: And I think that's that next level. But I do feel like this one's been a challenge for me to go through because as I've talked about that idea of detaching is something that you want to do to make sure that you're not completely wrapped up in the emotions of a conversation. But this is saying, Hey, nay, nay, it's time to back off and actually involve your emotions in this conversation to really understand where that individual is coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think you don't do it every conversation. I think you do it specifically and with specific people and you can use it to build trust. But in my mind, you always do it with people you know you can't trust.
0: Yeah. I think it's empathetic. Listening is Is that connection? It's a next level of connections you're trying to create with that other individual, right? because we, we, maybe it's in regards to a problem, maybe it's in regards to a project, whatever it is, but you need for you and that other individual to be on the same page, to be in lockstep with each other and to know exactly what's going on at all times. And you can't, if you're a leader, like, so I want to tie this back into leadership. You As a leader, you obviously can't do that with everybody. You cannot have that rapport with each individual, right? So that's why if you're, if you're the head of a company then you obviously have like, you know, people that are lower than you, those are people the ones that we like empathetically listen to. And then, you know, you can, it's like having like a, like, like Howard's Howard Schultz are going to show up to my store and empathetically listen to every single thing that the barista Schultz, the CEO CEO of Starbucks, he was Mm -hmm. come back. Right. That's why Howard Schultz hires like district managers, right. That go out and there's like, no, we can keep track of 15 different stores because that district manager might not empathetically listen to all the baristas, but that district manager can empathetically listen to the, maybe the store managers, right. To the, to the 10 to 12 people that way they can build that connection and that rapport. So when the store manager says, Hey, we have a problem here with this barista, he, you know, there, then those connections are all there and they can understand the emotions They they can have sympathy for it. But because the, uh, you know, the problem was addressed with empathetic listening initially, then it can, the message travels and gets there. And I think, then
1: this is where it all kind of comes together for me in my mind what what is the purpose why be empathetic listener mm. and sometimes you have to know the why behind you know, there's many times it's like, man, why is, why is Frank being such a jerk today? Mm-hmm. Well, then you, well, did you hear his mom died? His mom passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that add context to that. And it changes your opinion of that individual. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the deepness that empathetic listening gets into is it allows you to make that connection a little bit deeper than just saying they're, they're being a jerk. Cause most, I don't say most, a lot of the times people aren't going to be responding in the way that you would want them to or expect them to. So then it may even create anger between you thinking, man, you're being a real jerk today. But when you actually understand that Sparky was let down and now you're feeling, then you understand you can make that connection. Mm -hmm. I think that's the important time to engage that empathetic listening to really understand the why of how they're responding and how they're acting
0: and how they're communicating. Mm-hmm. So we have kind of laid things out with uh, the four stages and we equated that to things that we have done with the black swan and or Chris Voss. But what else does Chris Voss specifically talk about when it comes to empathy? He
1: talks about tactical empathy. Mm-hmm. So that's a different take when we talk about empathy because what we're talking about is this complete engagement of your emotions and your feelings with that individual to understand where they're coming from. A bit of an exhausting process. If, I'm a tired, man. You're wearing me out. Okay, yeah, There you go. It's just exhausting. Mm-hmm. But the idea of tactical empathy is understanding or I don't want to say projecting isn't the right words, but it's putting those that empathy out there to help understand that individual used in like a negotiation idea. It it seems like you're afraid to come out because you're going to get shot. Those are tactical empathy that Chris Voss used in his negotiations. It's purposeful. those feelings were accurate, but they weren't necessarily transmitted by that person, mm-hmm. but he called them out kind of that accusation auditor, that statement. So in being tactically empathetic, he's saying, these are the feelings you may be having. And once you connect with that person, that's that tactical empathy. And I think that's where I like to see myself in that world. Most of the time mm-hmm. being tactical about that empathy
0: where you be- want to be able to use that information to get somewhere, right? Like you have an end goal, Right. And that end
1: goal also allows you to, and this is just James talking here, stay a little bit of that detached side to be able to stay in control of your emotions to control their emotions so it
0: doesn't get out of hand. Mm -hmm. Right. I'd almost say to empathetic, so to empathetically listen is almost like sitting at a bar stool and like talking to a friend that's like going through a hard time, right? And, or just something, just like sitting at a barstool and having that kind of a setting. Where active listening is becomes, I don't want to say formal, but it becomes less personal. No, I think you're on the right path with it being more clinical. Clinical, right. That sounds, so we're
1: having a conversation and I want to make sure that our interchange, I'm repeating back to you actively listening to you, the facts and the data, mm-hmm. right? More clinical approach. And then on the empathetic side, you're then a tying in the feelings to those uh information that i'm seeing and hearing you communicate mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's exactly what it is right and then if you're like, like let's say you're, like you're a leader over a project or over something like that there's going to be times where you have to connect with these individuals to get things done but at the same time there's other times where you just can't where where you can't have your emotions be shown or their emotions be felt and you just have to get from point a to point b to point c But I think as a leader too, if you're understanding of your, of your reports,
1: then you have to use that empathy to understand a little bit deeper. It goes back to that. Why is, you know, Frank being a jerk? Why Mm -hmm. isn't he performing at the level that he should be performing at? Those require a conversation that requires a little bit of empathy. And sometimes without trust, you're not going to get it. Well, I'm just tired. Uh, I don't feel like it. And then you find out, oh, I was up all night because my kid, you know, has pneumonia and I'm worried that he's going to have to run to the hospital. It takes you those conversations of trust. Mm -hmm. And I think you get there through that empathetic listening to really see that, you know what? He didn't sleep all night. Go take care of your family. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, that's the decision you make as a leader. Once you understand empathetically where they're coming from and build that trust to say, you know what? I understand that now. Go take care of yourself.
0: It's a way to gather more information so you can make the proper decision.
1: And I love that. And I think that's a great spot to end in our talk about empathetic listening is you're doing this to provide healthier and better options for those individuals. So let's talk about the UC moment. The UC moment is this. I think good listeners are great communicators, but the key is being an empathetic listener provides healthier options. Yeah. I love that. The, the
0: The full Bob Ross painting is all the way finished. Correct. Yep. Happy trees. Happy trees. That's all I got. That's all I got. See you. Bye.